Hey, welcome back to Inside Four Walls. I'm your host, James Madison. And there's been a lot of infighting within the right-wing and left-wing commentary sphere, hasn't there been? Now, more specifically on the right, now, it all seemed to have started with uh, Crowder leaving the blaze and calling out... Well, actually, no, I take that back. It originally, for at least when I first noticed it, it was... Uh, it was Tim Poole being called out because he and the quartering were beefing over a few things. They buried the hatchet, and then they started beefing again, like a month later, over the uh, Eliza Blue situation. Right, and all that was going on, and then right after that got settled, and that like had all kinds of people infighting. Then you had Mud Club, well you had Steven Crowder leave the Blades, which caused tons of infighting. With, like, Elijah Schaefer, Glenn Beck, that cowboy fucker. Not the one from Daily Wire, the other cowboy fucker. The, the guy from Daily Wire got, got in on it, too. Um, anyway, all, all, all the Blaze people and, and Crowder fe- were feuding. And then Crowder turns around and, and uh, starts feuding with um, the Daily Wire. And I took, look, any, any side against Ben Shapiro, especially if it's on the right, I'll take it. Fuck that guy. I can't stand him. Uh, I'll use his clips occasionally because, you know, again, we, there's a lot of overlap in our opinions, but god damn, I can't stand Ben Shapiro and most of the Daily Wire guys. I like Michael Knowles and uh, Jordan Peterson to a lesser degree, but it's kind of the cap on, on uh, Daily Wire people I can stand or at least go out of my way to watch. No, that's beside the point, but, you know, I felt the mug club very clearly on this channel side, side of that argument, but... And then there was a lot of infighting with, like... Miley Yiannopoulos, uh, Nick Fuentes, Tim Poole, and a bunch of other content creators. And then Gavin McGinnis goes fucking psycho. And then Sage's his own kidnapping. Starts calling out content creators. Whips his dick out. Trying to get um, Nerd Roddick taken down. The Nerd Roddick and uh, a ton of other people start feuding. Alex Jones starts feuding with a bunch of like the Bandot video crowd. Like uh, Alex Jones and Joseph Watson start bumping heads with each other. And it was just like this really fucking sudden out of nowhere, like four month long implosion of the right wing commentary starting in like the December of 2022 and going to now and continuing into 2023. And, you know, it doesn't really, a lot of people seem blindsided by it who follow all that drama. But for me, I'm not really blindsided because I grew up in like, you know, I remember like 2013 through 2017 YouTube following, I was in the commentary community back then. Uh, I was just doing editing for a couple content cha- commentary channels. Uh, no one particularly big, like, I guess, but it doesn't matter. No, mm, nah, I forgot it anyway. It doesn't matter. But you know, a lot like you had the skeptic crowd, right? Like Armored Skeptic, Shoe on Head, H Bomber guy. You had all these dudes, right? Um, hell, even Sam Cedar was in on that crowd too, if I remember correctly. Anyway, you had all these guys, and they were all part of this big commentary community. And on, on like, they were like the left-ish side, side of the commentary community. And the other side, you had like Keemstar, Pyrocynical, Leafy is here, iDubs, and these other guys formed like this other like sort of right-ish slash just independent type of like comedy that was just crude and offensive. Where the other side was trying to be like less offensive and more politically edgy. You know, and then both of these groups imploded the skeptic side on the left and the atheist, because the skeptic side and the and the atheist side of the community spectrum overlap. Like Shuan Head and and, and Amazing Atheist were like comrades in arms for a minute, 
But that imploded. Ethan Klein and all of them also were part of that too, and that all imploded. And then on the right, you had the same thing where like Keemstar uh, got fucked over by Pyrocynical and Leafy. And, uh, it, you know, I, I, seeing these, seeing commentary communities implode is nothing new to me. And this seems to be right out the very same way. If you remember, or if you were part of that kind of, like, scene back in the day with the commentary communities on YouTube watching, like, uh, wavy, oh, not wavy web search, but, like, if he's hearing pyrocynical content, shit, man, even old, uh, Astasi content and, uh, old, uh, no fuckers content too. My God, I used to watch a lot of like Max Mofo content too back in the day, but that's irrelevant. And the infighting, I, my, my point is just this infighting is not new. It seems to be a immune response in these kind of communities as because for a while, like commentary communities were uh, like, like YouTube commentary videos and, and channels were like on the rage for like seven years and then they fell apart and fell off. And now political commentary videos are starting to come on the rise. And that's a lot because like my generation that grew up like in high school and junior high watching the commentary and YouTube videos like shoe on head and stuff, politics was part of that, but it wasn't the dominant factor. And now as adults and we're into that shit, we care more about politics. So we're watching politics a bit more. Um, anyway, so now you're going to see the same uh, trials and tribulations the commentary community on the YouTube side of things went through a couple of years ago, go through with this new political community where people will feud. Uh, iron sharpens iron or it breaks iron. So some people are going to get uh, battled out of the industry. Some people are going to get hard and stay in it. And then eventually, I guarantee you're going to have some form of right-leaning or right-sided commentary type of content cop type deal. I imagine that coming back to fuck man, uh, Simi and Jimmy, aka Monkey Jones, started putting out old school type political content on his channel recently as well too. So that's an interesting little notion. But uh, l l let's get into the article, shall we? I've been rambling enough. Landau, Steve Crowder censored me. Follow, uh, censored me, fellow comic from Hollywood in Toto. The right take on entertainment. I guess it's a right-leaning, uh, it's like a bounding in the comics for, like, right-leaning media type deal like, outside of, like, Hollywood and stuff. Like, it focused on the right-leaning commentary community. I have no other knowledge. I've never come across this uh, platform before, but they were the only ones I know who were writing about this, so I went with them. Former Loudwick Crowder co-host unloads on Rumble Superstar, which sucks, too, because I really liked, re I really, I like Dave Landau, and I like Stephen Crowder. And I don't know what the deal is here, because Crowder left the Blaze, and initially, uh, Quarter Black, well, Quarter Black Garrett left uh, Mug Club for about six months, and he came back periodically, and then left again. Basically, went to Neurotic exclusively, and then formed his own thing. And Dave Landau stayed around, and I really like Dave Landau. And I'm still going to keep liking Dave Landau. This isn't like one of the things. Like with the Daily Wire, I had tons of previous grievances with Matt Walsh. Uh, Jordan Peterson, Ben Shapiro, that other cowboy fucker there, uh, Brett Cooper. I had a, I had issues and moral issues with all these people already, um, and things I, I couldn't stand about them. There's nothing about Dave Landau that I don't like. I genuinely find him funny. He's one of my favorite comedians, and his story, uh, the thumbnail, by the way, I'll leave a link to it if you don't know about it. He was on, he did an episode of This Is Not Happening, and it's phenomenal. He talks about how he talks about being arrested and thrown into a psych ward. And his roommate thinks he's a werewolf and attacks him and, like, sexually assaults him. It's a great story. And he also talks about how he drove a, a teacher crazy by drawing penises everywhere. Funny shit. Worth checking out. Dave Landau's genuinely hilarious. 
And he's actually a good guy from everything I've heard from people who know him and have talked about him and around him. I've, uh, you know, he's, everything I've heard about him makes him seem like a genuinely good guy. So I have no problem with either of these people. Uh, he, it definitely makes Crowder seem like an asshole from the stories I've heard, but we've only heard Crowder's side of it. And I'm not taking one side over the other until I hear Crowder's side of it. Now, Crowder probably recorded a phone call. It's probably going to leak it. Uh, there's a Michael Malice interview I was watching. Oh, yeah, I like lo-fi. Go fuck yourself. I was watching this interview right here. And it just got me like, oh, I should look into this. I'll leave a link to this podcast right here, Michael Malice and uh, Dave Landau. That's where I found out about this feud. If you want to go learn more from his side of the story, we'll throw in some clips here towards the end. Stephen Crowder said he went public with his uh, uh, his Daily Wire contract dispute for a vital reason. The website's internal contract to Crowder, initial contract to Crowder, valued at fifty million for four years said he'd get paid less if his show got censored by big tech platforms like YouTube. Yeah, I had beef with that issue. because It's like you're going to fight YouTube by submitting to it. It's just similar to my, uh, like, when uh, a lot of people just kind of fell in line behind Ben Shapiro, and I'm like, you guys want to fight the establishment, but you can't even fight your boss in your workplace? Fuck off. Uh, like YouTube, it's why Crowder signed a deal with Rumble the free speech alternative to YouTube. The kind of censorship, that kind of censorship Crowder warned cannot stand. Now former Lottery Crowder co-host Dave Landau says Crowder routinely censored his commentary on the video podcast and worse. Yeah, he had like a shut up Dave button he was pressing. They don't get deals that... They should be wage slaves for a little bit. Come wage over and slaves. make a salary and grow their brand. They should be wage slaves for a little bit. They should be wage slaves for a little bit. God bless the talk boy. Those things are worth like $5,000 now. It's an expensive gag. Um, so, didn't want to have to do this, but Daily Wire out of themselves very, very quickly. And sure enough, if you see all of the people who, who work there, um, some of whom I have relationships with, uh, they immediately tried to make this all about money. Here's the problem. There are a few problems. And I'll go through with some receipts. Um, everything that was said about negotiations, how they transpired, beyond a numerical value, which is true and I'll get to, uh, everything else is untrue. I, I don't really want to get into that. It's completely irrelevant. Here's why. Go back to the 20-something minute video, 30-minute video. You've never heard me say or write anywhere online that these offers weren't paying enough money. Why? Because it's not about the money. It's, it's, it's kind of unreal to me that the only thing these people can still talk about is the money. The conversation was about conservatism, the movement, and big tech. They keep talking about money. I'm talking about a country. I'm talking about a movement. Wow, you mean to tell me the company founded by Ben Shapiro wanted to talk only about money and revenue? Oy vey, Gentile. I wonder, I wonder what, I wonder what the deal is with the Daily Wire talking about the Meshuggah money all the time, Gentile. You, you shouldn't worry too much about the monies. It's gentle, okay? Hey, 
It's clean for the money. You just just take what we give you and you do the work we do, okay? There's no need to fight. There's no need to fuss. Just take it and go. $15 million is a lot of money. It's, it, it, it might be too much. Sorry. I, I, I get really into it. I have a... <laughs> I have some Jewish family up in East uh, East End Manhattan, and I just fucking I don't call them very often because of the fucking. Like, can you guys not be talk like the stereotypes, please? And they're not even that kind of Jewish, by the way. But they have the fucking accents and shit. Moving on. Now, former Lottery Crowder co-host Dave Landau says Crowder routinely censored his commentary on the video podcast and worse. Landau opened up about leaving the popular show on You're Welcome with Michael Malice. Landau shared how he... uh, Share how he knows how to be a co-host in a modern era. Witness his work alongside radio legend Anthony... Kumia and Compound Media. OP and Anthony was so good. Was so good. The only complaint about OP and Anthony is it gave us Bill Burr. I'm not a Bill Burr fan. I don't like him. Not much to actually enjoy about Bill Burr. Because look, if, if you want a mean ginger comedian, we already have that in the form of Louis C.K. And Louis C.K. is genuinely fucking funny. And not to mention, Louis C.K. has been canceled and came back twice offensive. Bill Burr was telling you to get vaccinated and wear two masks and stay the fuck in your house the whole time. Welcome to the Monday morning just before Tuesday afternoon, Sunday morning before church, godly blessed afternoon, baldy, Joey Billy badass Monday just before afternoon podcast, and I'm Bill Burr. I don't care. I do not fucking care. I, I didn't really like him particularly beforehand, but I could tolerate him. I thought he was funny occasionally. His wife, Anita, would be pretty funny when she came on the show. But just the pandemic, man. I found out what a dangerous rule follower Bill Burr is. And I'm just like, fuck this guy. And everything he stands for. Uh, similar, actually, to uh, Tim Dillon. He similarly supported Crowder during their time together. But in the final months of their professional relationship, Crowder kept Landau on a tight leash. Quote, I had been more censored as things went on. For example, I couldn't use the word ejaculate, Landau said. The restrictions didn't stop there. Is this the whole podcast? Oh, it's the whole podcast. Okay, hold on. Landau alleged Crowder had a dump-style button to silence him if he spoke too much on the show. Quote, a light was put in to the studio. It was... It was his rant button, and it was uh, it was basically a Dave don't talk button. Landau recalled of both the button and the light that flashed when it was deployed. Quote, when it was lit, I wasn't supposed to talk, and Crowder would press it. Honestly, this is such a weak complaint. Of course, of absolutely course, it's part of the fucking job. If you are the co-host, the guest, and Dave, you sat in third chair, meaning you weren't the co-host. You were the co-host of the co-host, my man. So you were third wheeling from the beginning. And and here's the thing. I don't say this to discredit him or, or, or mock him or belittle him. But, dog, it's not an uncommon fucking practice to have a light that comes on, like, when the host, you know, the person, you know, the person whose name might be in the fucking title of the entire network and show, you know, louder with Crowder, 
perhaps when he's, you know, cooking, he doesn't want you to interrupt him with jokes because you're a comedian, Dave. A lot of people on, on, on the Mug Club show are on Daily Wire. <laughs> Fuck me. A lot of people on Mug Club and Louder with Crowder are comedians. You know, even uh, Papa Crowder did, did some comedy back in the day. So it's very easy for a comedian, especially one who, like, you know, ADHD, and you check that up to a lot of shit, uh, Dave. But, you know, you think of something that's funny you want to add to it, perhaps you'd be inclined to chirp in. You might derail the train of thought that Crowder's got going on. So unless the button said, shut the fuck up, Dave, you're reading way too much into a button that has a real red light that is telling everybody to shut up for a second. It's not just you. So part of me is wondering... Because the, the fallout between Glenn Beck and Stephen Crowder was very public. And both sides very clearly had some backdoor grudge with each other. What are the chances? And this is just a hypothesis. What are the odds that maybe uh, they were offered some sort of sweetheart deal in order to, you know, stir up some kind of beef between Crowder and, uh, you know, Dave or whatever? Like, what if there's some sort of effort between Dave or even just, you know, actors at the day at, at the blaze to incite some sort of internal chaos between these guys. I don't know if that's certain, but it's just a thought because it's such a weird fucking thing. Because that button didn't say shut the fuck up, Dave, to you specifically. Why are you taking it like it was targeting you? Because I'm sure when that button's on, Gerald doesn't fucking talk. Again, it's louder with Crowder. And, it's not louder with Crowder and Dave. It's not louder with Landau. No, it's, it's a lot of Crowder. You are a guest. It's a great platform. Anyway. Put into the studio. I know my, quote, I know my job. I know that he talks a lot. I know that he's the star of the show. I know when to sit back. It's what I did with Anthony Cumia for years. It's what I do. He said, I'm not trying to ever steamroll him. Again, then you have a lot of grievances and not a lot of justifications for said grievances. But I, again, I don't know. I've heard both. I've only heard one side of the story. And as you're starting to realize, I wasn't particularly swayed by Dave Landau's side of the story. It sucks, but it sounds like general workplace grievances. Like maybe there's an argument. Well, there was an argument. He talks about how uh, Crowder got loud and audible. He also talks about how Crowder apologized. Again, it's a good interview. You should go watch it. But it's like, it sounds like you had an emotional response to a conflict and you made a big fucking decision in, in the moment. You signed a contract with the Blaze and then, you know, you got, you had like a little bit of a, you know, you talked about all the things that bothered you, no matter how big or how small they were. And the button seems like a small thing. It didn't say shut the fuck up, Dave. You, at no point does he say it was targeting him specifically. He says, you know, it was basically a dump button telling me not to talk. It sounds like it was telling everybody not to talk. It's such a, it's an on-air kind of, kind of a fucking deal. You know, quote, It was just, hey, don't be funnier than Crowder. That's the truth. I mean, it sounds bitter, but I knew it was true because I was pulled, as I was pulled aside. And it was, make sure if you're doing a rant or you're riffing, he gets the last word. Yeah, that doesn't mean anything. That doesn't mean don't be funny. Uh, unless Crowder or something, or you have some proof that says there was a, 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 a don't be funny, because your quote doesn't say don't be funny. Your quote where it says it was it was basically don't be funnier than Crowder is you putting your understanding on it, not what it actually was as a situation. So I'm skeptical of that as well, too. And again, it's his show, of course he's going to want the last word, and probably the fucking first one, too. Now, I will say, 
it it shows a little bit more confidence as a show host to let the the you know co-host and the co's of the co-host talk and sit back and listen and give them feedback. You know, there's nothing wrong with being more of a quiet co-host and taking a bit more of a, a of a interviewer type situation in your own show where you let other people talk. There's value in that and demanding people talk or not. And if there is evidence that Crowder was saying, don't be funnier than me, don't make more jokes than me, let me have the last word, and it's in that kind of a context, then yeah, Crowder looks kind of like a little bitch. Absolutely, but it's still his show. Going forward, there's a lot of what seems like assumptions and emotional feelings coming from Dave Landau. Now, in the interview, don't get me wrong, Dave Landau is cool and collected, but... There's very clearly some sort of issue. Like he's very not, he's not exactly thrilled. Now this isn't exactly a great picture of him. Yeah, yeah. he was a hard worker. Now it's an illusion, you know. The next thing is uh, he's ready to start his own show by his own Friday show by October 14th. So now I have a show every Friday for no extra money, so oh, I okay, can't so tour on Friday. Let's break this down. So you are going to have your own show, which is a plus. Yes. But you're not getting paid a single dime to host your own new show on right. his network or his platform. Correct. And in fact, it's costing you money because now you can't be out, you know, doing two shows on Friday night in Tahoma or wherever the care is, somewhere, somewhere in the city. Right. Okay. So then... I've never heard of that. I'm sorry. I've never heard of someone saying, I'm giving you your own show. You're not getting paid for it. I don't understand that. Right. It was... Well, it's control, you know? And that was kind of what bothered me. It was the I own you aspect. And then okay. um, the uh, hours... But the, that's the thing. You're, if you're doing your own show... They're making money from ad sales or, or at the very least adding value to the network because now there's more content and you're not seeing a cent of that. Right. And that okay. was sort of what it was before where it was we're going to sweeten the pot and that didn't happen. Right. But it did happen in the sense of road dates. Okay. Right. So I didn't complain, but right. then I can't do road dates. In- All right. Again, I'll leave the whole interview in the comment section below. That was a show. Like he comes off as he's cool and collected. But these quotes, and within the context of the interview, these quotes also come off as him ascribing a lot of uh, center of the universe perspective to his surroundings. And again, it's happening to you. It is it is fair to, to have that sentiment, but look around. Is it happening to other people as well? Like the button thing is a real sticker for me. Quote, uh, sorry. Quote, you were told this explicitly, Michael asked, and he said, yes. Again, I need to hear Crowder's side of the story. Quote, even if I did have a funnier joke, I'd just leave it out. It was important for the fans to not hear it. I always thought it was my job as a comedian to leave out the good one. Landau deadpan. Quote, somebody who was so pro-free speech and non-censorship, he was really about censorship of me, he said, adding he was forgiving of issues due to the uh, Crowder's medical woes at the time. Yeah, but Crowder had the surgery, like, two years ago. The Michigan native... Ah, ah, actually, Crowder's Canadian, bitch. The Canadian native later said Crowder... Or, okay, Dave Landau, my apologies. Yeah, Dave's from Detroit. The Michigan native later said Crowder's, my bad, sensorial mood extended to fellow comic Matt McCauley. McCauley? McCauley? Anyway, Landau uh, planned a stand-up comedy special in Dallas, and Crowder asked to join the lineup. Landau agreed, knowing his colleague would help promote it. The initial show 
became a sold out uh became two sold out shows thanks to Crowder's connection. Uh McClowry, it's McClowry. And off-screen Landau Pal opened both shows with material that earned standing ovations. Landau then asked Crowder if McClowry could co-host Louder with Crowder on a day when he wouldn't be there. Crowder agreed. Later, Landau learned McClowry had been blocked from that guest co-hosting gig without explanation. Again, it's his show. Now, if it's because... Well, I don't want him to outshine me or be funny on my show. I have a personal story I'll tell you that's actually kind of similar to that. But it's like, it's still, it's his show. Sorry, my nose is really fucked up right now. I bopped it. So it's all, like, congested. But, yeah, if he if he agreed to have this guy on the show and then last minute canceled on him, it's shitty. It's not a great thing to do. It's definitely a bad fucking look, but... Uh... Moving on. Crowder called Landau up and yelled at him. This is what I was talking about on the thing about being yelled at. Yelled at him over the guest hosting issue and related topics. Yeah, but here's a question. Again, we have Dave's side of the story. Dave's side of the story, he sounds very rational. There's certain things that are weird that I don't agree with, but he sound, he comes off very rational. But again, anyone telling their side of the story would. You know, you have somebody who tells a story and they're like, yeah, and I was a cunt. It's like, well, fuck, you're honest. I'll give you that. But Dave says, you know, I didn't do nothing. I was, I'm a harmless, I'm a harmless baby boy. What I do, I didn't do nothing to nobody. Type deal. And it's like, okay, okay. Well, I don't, I can't prove you wrong. I don't have evidence. I don't have the other side of the story. But here's the thing: if there's a, a possibility that you, like, whatever, went up to him and was like, hey, what the hell happened, man? Crow's like, what? Why the hell? Did you tell my friend, why did you tell me my friend could be on the show, and why did you last minute kick him out? It's like, also, was there a communication between Crowder and this guy directly, or did Crowder just tell you, yeah, sure, and then you went and relayed the story to him? Because that's not your, that's not your, your, your position, your responsibility, that's not your job, that, that was a fuck up. If you turn around and said, oh yeah, bud, he said you could be on the show. Now, I, I, I get telling your friend that, but again, it's not your show. That's a conversation Crowder should have had with him. And if Crowder changed his mind, Crowder changed his mind. He told me he owns me. Now, yeah, this is the really fucking weird part. Landau said of the heated conversation, quote, It was venomous. I saw a different person that I had never heard, that I had heard rumors about. Potentially. Again, I can't disprove or disqualify this. This is a damning thing to hear. But it also so- seems and sounds so out of character. Like I've been watching Louder with Crowder and, you know, Mug Club for the longest fucking time. Like I'm I'm subscribed to them on pretty much every platform. So it's a little funky. It just doesn't seem very in character for Crowder. So like that that this situation here, like like again, I can't prove Landau wrong. I don't dis I don't disbelieve him, but I also don't be- fully believe it either. I wonder if there is at all any backdoor thing going on between the Blaze, Crowder, um, or uh, Dave Landau and Quarterblack to get this shit talk going. Or it's just good advertisement. I don't know. 
Dave Landau is not somebody to manipulate. I don't think Dave Landau is that type of person either. It's just this is a very weird situation, and we only have one side of the story. And a lot of people are going out there throwing rumors really hard. I'm just trying to, because we only have one side of the story, right? So until we have the other side of the story, I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit. If there is no ability to be like, well, there's also this possible perspective. I'm not going to act like there is. Then he said Matt McCrawley couldn't do his routine's closing bit. Which is a killer because it's too dirty. Yeah, this is a joke that's apparently not dirty about his family. If we were going to tour together, he said, there was projection about how he was angry. Uh, there was there was projection about how he was angry about how well the bit did. The bit in question was a personal antidote about McCrawley's high school wrestling days and his Asperger syndrome. Crowder uh, allegedly would tell Landau before their live performances, quote, let's keep it clean, despite the latter's penchant for dark adult material. Yeah, I couldn't. I, I, I make way too many edgy jokes and say way too much fucked up shit, even in jest. I, I couldn't have somebody on the show and tell them. In fact, I've tried, I have friends and people I try to get on this comment coming on the show and they're like, ah, oh, could I, you know, I'd be funny. I'm like, yeah, go ahead, man. They're like, well... You know what? What? What's the limit on what I can and can't say? I'm like, it's on you. Say whatever you the fuck you want, and whatever the response to what you say is, the response to what you say. I'm not gonna, they're not gonna put a filter on you. I don't upload to YouTube. I upload to every other platform, pretty much out besides YouTube and Twitch. So you know, I don't. I'm the last person to tell people they can and can't say something. Crowder allegedly told Landau he read that. Quote: Why? This has been me for 20 years. Landau said. Landau used the Malice Show appearance to reveal he signed a deal with Blaze TV to star a video podcast sketch series with, or set to debut in May or June. Hit, we'll update the story if and when Crowder responds. Oh, it's coming. It's Friday right now. There might be a morning response here. It's 8, it's 6.29. So at 10, there might be a response. So let's look at the first, oh, there's only two comments from Chad. Crowder's show is entertaining, but the guy is obviously an egomaniac. I don't. I, I haven't seen anything that, that make me believe that. I imagine a person who would say Tim Pool's an egomaniac too, and I'm like, again, show me the evidence. It's why he pulled the stunt he did with Daily Wire, and I'm not surprised by this either. Well, Daily Wire was genuinely in the fucking wrong on that one too. But again, it was also the Daily Wire's contract. I'm glad he's found a platform on Rumble and is having success, but his style and personality aren't my preference. I mostly just tune him out. Yeah, and you're also the type of person to be like, look, I think Trump had his time. I think it's time we support DeSantis. And then when you're asked, oh yeah, why? Like, what's DeSantis' foreign policy? You just kind of shriek into a corner and quit talking. That's probably the type of person you are. Phil. Oh, the hypocrisy. Mr. Daily Wire is evil for trying to censor me, Crowder. Oh, the hypocrisy. Allegedly. If a lot of what Crowder says, or a lot of what Landau says is true, then, then absolutely. It's shitty. No doubt whatsoever. That being said, we only have one side of the story, and the one side of the story is coming from a, uh, a, a former or current friend who feels jaded and wronged. There is an evidence. He, he tells the story. And again, like I, I want to reiterate this. I enjoy, I like Dave Landau. I liked him before he was on Crowder. I liked his stand-up. I find him to be a very funny guy. And I've only for people who've like talked about him, who've worked with him, I've only ever heard extremely nice 
things. Even Bill Burr. And Bill Burr will talk shit and target anyone on the right viciously with his fucking low-information liberal-ass opinions. But he says nice things about Landau, so I have no reason to think Landau would make any of this up. But it's a interesting thing. I don't, I, I don't want to say one side over the other. On the other hand, it doesn't. This also doesn't seem in line with Crowder either. Now I know Crowder is like, look, if we're working, we're working. Uh, he also talks about how Crowder was always late to set, and there's a story about how on Fridays, you know, he was told to be there on Fridays, even if Crowder didn't show up. So. How accurate is that? I don't know. Again, we just have one side of the story. And when Crowder com- comes out with his side of the story, I will do what I did la- do with the Tim Pool thing and the Daily Wire thing. I'll do a little talk about the, the Crowder side of it. And then when it's all said and done, I'm going to splice all the, land- one- all the one side arguments and videos and all the other side's videos and compilations. So there's a cohesive two-sided argument <laughs> that you can watch and hear. That being said, I'm going to wrap this up here. Uh, in the link, in the comments below, or in the description below, I'm going to leave a link. I'm going to leave a link to a couple of these old, uh, or at least my past episodes with Steven Crowder talking about what's going on there. In the uh, description below, as well as with all the other sources, including Crowder's side of the Daily Wire story, this article, and the interview with Michael Malice all in the description below that being said thank you for watching inside four walls i've been james madison and i got more content coming up for you soon we'll be talking about the matt walsh hacks next